Well, last year on Father's Day, Pastor Gary and I each shared some lessons that we had learned from our dads. But this year, we want to do something a little bit different, and we want you to hear from some of our team. So we're going to invite them to come out and join us. Give them a good hand as they Here make they their are. way out. Come on out, ladies, lady and gentlemen. Just want to say, first service, Pastor Jeremy joined us. Uh, but he needs to be in children's this service, so he's not in here with us. Pastor Zach and Ashley are actually with her dad today. He pastors a church uh, out in the L.A. area, and his dad went to be with the Lord just a few days ago, so they decided to go be with him on Father's Day this year. But we thought it might be a good idea to bring some of our team out and just interview them a little bit about the impact that dad has had on their lives and there's a reason for this. I want to show you a couple of scriptures real quickly. You probably know these, but if you don't, they're similar, but they're different. So look at these two scriptures with me before we get into our conversations today. Paul wrote these words. He said, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Notice two words in there, training and admonition. As you're raising children, don't get into contentious situations, but we need to train our children to know the ways of God. Now, one more verse, it's similar, it's found in Colossians 3. Paul also said, fathers, do not provoke your children. If he said it twice, how many of you think it might be important? Don't provoke, how many of you need, think that Paul should have wrote a verse that said, children, don't provoke your parents to wrath? Yeah, I wish that was in there somewhere, but it's not. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Being a parent is a really, really big job. And I think as society evolves, it, there's, there are more responsibilities. It gets tougher every year in some cases. But today, we want to just interview our team some of our team and just talk about some of the things practical things spiritual things that we can learn from that will help us be better parents grandparents and especially for dads today so we want to do this for a few minutes and we want you to get to know them a little bit more so we're going to start out by just hearing a little bit about their upbringing and their family background and then a little bit later we'll hear a bit about how the role of their dad helped shape their life but Pastor Aaron, let's start with you. Why don't you just give us a little bit of, of um, a background on your upbringing and yeah, okay. how you were raised. Uh, my name is Aaron. I'm the worship pastor here. My dad is actually right there on the front row. My, out of everyone here, my dad's actually in the building today. So happy Father's Day, Dad. Love you. Um, I grew up in Orange County. Um, in, I was born in Anaheim. Uh, and I grew up in Placentia and Aliso Viejo, and then we moved out here to Murrieta in about 2001 to help with a church plant, and um, I graduated from Vanguard University in 2002 and um, started here at the bridge, what, 2009-ish, I think, somewhere around there, and um, so yeah, I, I grew up in a Christian home. Both of my parents raised me with uh, strong Christian values, grew up in church. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much you know, my life. I got an older sister, yes, an older sister. Uh, she is 
Uh, uh, oh, how she's much, over there. How yeah. much older, Aaron? She's she's 25 years older than me. No. <laughs> she might look it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't. I'm I, I'm sorry. I, I had to. Uh, that's my sister, Stacy. Uh, she is 10 years older than me. And um, I, it, I, I might as well have been kind of an only child because there was nobody in between. But she, uh, you know, because she was so much older at that time. But no. Um, I'm not dissing you. I'm just saying. Like, uh, anyways. But there was a couple miscarriages after my sister was born. And that's the reason why there was uh, 10 years between. And um, anyways, so uh, that's me. I did talk to Aaron's dad this week, and he told me, that, I asked him, is there anything you regret in raising children? He said, yes, I wish I had beat Aaron more when he was little. <laughs> uh, Aaron, no, he didn't, yes. really say, he didn't really say that. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, what was one thing that you look back, one thing you learned from your dad that's probably helped shape your life more than anything else? He always said, never go up the stairs empty-handed, so that's why my wife and I bought a single-story home. Um, but no, seriously, um, my dad uh, had an amazing uh, work ethic and everything that he applied himself to was always such a, an amazing example to me. But I would say the thing that sticks out the most in my mind is um, I grew up in a home where there was always music. Uh, and uh, that's actually how my parents met in the 60s, 50s. When was it? 50s or 60s? 60s, yeah. Um, so they met doing music together. And so my dad, uh, growing up in a Jewish home, he wasn't necessarily doing music in the church, but he was using his gifts and his, uh, you know, piano playing and accordion playing and singing and all of those things uh, growing up. And then when my family became believers in the 70s, he started becoming, you know, he started leading worship a lot. So that was something that was that I was around a lot as a kid was worship in the house and him leading on piano and playing accordion at small groups, Bible studies, picnics, the whole deal. And uh, it just kind of reminded me of this verse in 1 Peter 4.10 is each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. And I believe that's something that my dad really exemplified in using his gift for the glory of God. Not, not just for God's glory, but also in the church. And um, he's still doing that today. Uh, helping with the, the children's worship ministry, him and my mom doing that together, and then him using his administrative gifts now uh, with the children's ministry and all that stuff. So that's always just been a really big example to me. All right. Pastor Corey, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your family background. So my name is Corey. I'm the youth pastor here at the bridge. And um, so I was, I was born in East L.A., and I was raised in East Riverside, which makes me fearless. I fear nothing. <laughs> except my mother and my wife. Um, and spiders. Um, so my, my upbringing was a little bit different than I think um, maybe anyone else on the platform. Today. I, was not, I was not raised in church. Um, I was born to a single teenage mother. My mother was pregnant with my older brother at 17. Um, she had an abortion at 18 and was pregnant with me by 19. And so by the time I was born, um, I had no father in my life. My, my biological father was already gone, and my mother didn't meet my stepfather until I was about seven years old. And so the interesting thing about that as well is right about the same time that my mother um, met my stepfather, my biological father came back into my life. So I went from no dads to two dads, and I was so confused. Um, but, 
But my stepfather, or my biological father, excuse me, stayed around for about 10 months, um, maybe a year at most, and then um, he was gone again. Um, he struggled with substance abuse. He was on drugs, and my mom uh, gave him an ultimatum. It was either Corey or drugs, and at the time, I was seven years old, my, my dad chose drugs, and I didn't, um, I've never seen him, I hadn't seen him again since, and I didn't reconnect with him really until I was about 21 when he added me on Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Just out of the blue one day, I logged on Facebook and I had a friend request from my biological dad. And um, since then, uh, he's disappeared again. Um, the rest of the family doesn't really know where he's at or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, I grew up for a long time um, from a single mom, so all the respect in the world for single moms. But then my stepdad came around around seven and he stuck around and he today is still married to my mother and I'll be spending Father's Day with him today. I consider him my father and I really learned from him that um, it takes more than just blood to be a father. And so, So what, what was the one thing you learned from your stepdad or your dad? What was the one thing you learned from him that's probably, you don't really have church background, right, growing up. So what, what did you learn from him that's really helped shape your life? Yeah, so early on, um, I really didn't even know my stepdad because he was working two, sometimes three jobs at a time. And so he definitely taught me work ethic. But also, um, he was very, um, he was all about respect, honor, manners. We couldn't put our elbows on the table. If we did, we got jabbed with a fork. Um, we couldn't. Uh, it, it was always yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. If we were walking through a door and we didn't hold the door for my mom, we'd get smacked in the back of the head. I didn't grow up in church, but my parents knew one Bible verse, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> so I thought God was just like the one who wanted my parents to whoop me. No, but yeah, so, my, so my, my dad did really instill in me, not just a hard work ethic, man, what you only deserve, what you work your butt off to get, and um, also just manners, respect, honor, look people in the eyes when you talk to them, shake hands, um, all of that, and so yeah. And how did you come to the Lord, come to faith? Yeah, so, so I got saved at 15 years old at a campus club at my school. Um, so I say all the time I'm saved because Jesus died on the cross and free pizza because there was free pizza at the, at the campus club, the Christian club that day. And, and uh, having good manners, my friend Kevin, who invited me every week over and over and over and over and over again, Kevin Calzia would invite me every week. And because I had good manners, I would politely lie to him and tell him, yes, I'll be there. I'll be there. And then one week he said, there's going to be free pizza. And I said, I'll be there. <laughs> And I was there, and my whole life changed that day. Um, literally, my whole life changed. I, um, at the time, I was up to no good. I was hanging out with gang members double my age and um, getting into a lot of trouble. And that day, I gave my life to Jesus, and everything changed. And uh, yeah, kind of just never looked back and running ever since. Pastor Nick. Nick's our Connect Pastor. Um, Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I grew up mostly in Central California. Um, I am the youngest of three. Uh, my mother and father, um, they were ministers for a long time. And then uh, somewhere when I was, I don't know, six, seven years old, uh, God laid it on their hearts to start to work with children. And so they started working in foster care and adoption. And so they've been doing that, I think, for 30-something years now and helping uh, kids find uh, 
homes, Christian homes. And so, um, but yeah, I grew up in church. I definitely was the kid that was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday youth group, there for drama rehearsal on Monday night, there for worship rehearsal on Tuesday night. And that was, that was my life and I loved it. And so that's just a little bit about who I am. Awesome. So tell us one thing that your dad did that really helped shape your life. Yeah, so dad's just a good thing to remember. Your kids are always watching. And they're watching and they're learning even when you're not saying anything. And so one of the things that stood out to me as a child when I was about 12 years old, I was getting up, getting ready for school. I went downstairs and I went into what was our office in the house and uh, I left something in there. So I went to, to grab something out of there and I opened the door and uh, my dad was on his knees with his Bible to open and just praying and, and, and reading the word of God. And I kind of was like, oh, I shut the door and kind of, you know, got out of there. And then, then it was, well, I wonder if he does that every day. So then I would start to check. And I will tell you this, that that instilled in me the importance of prayer. And I have many moments in my life, no matter how old I was, even when I was a teenager, my dad would come to my room uh, before I would go to bed and he would pray with me. And even, even now as an adult, like he'll pray with me over the phone. Um, so just the power of prayer and the priority of prayer because prayer changes things. Hey, let me ask you a question on the heels of that. A lot of people, kids growing up in church, will see mom and dad in church and then mom and dad at home, mom and dad in church. And a lot of them think, well, you know, that's something we do on Sunday. So it sounds to me like what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you may want to expound on this. So what you saw on Sunday was just food to prepare you for the week and how you live. Yeah, so it was definitely, um, there was no, like, you're one way at church and you're one way on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. It was, no, this is who we are. And I, re I remember even as a, a child, another kid said to me, he was shocked that I would act the same way that I would in front of my parents and when my parents weren't there. And I was like, well, how else am I supposed to act? But it was just like, you are who you are. And it's not just on a stage or, you know, at a church that you act one way, you act this way throughout your whole life. Because if God is a part of who you are, then you should carry that and exemplify that every day. Awesome. You know, and I love that we hear from you that you were in church pretty much every time the doors were open. Pastor Aaron, kind of the same thing. First service, we heard from Pastor Jeremy, same thing. Parents, don't be afraid to have your kids in church whenever the doors are open. Sometimes we hear parents say, well, you know, I don't want to pressure them because I don't want them to um, not want to go to church. These guys were in church every time the doors were open, and they are serving God in ministry, still in church every time the doors are open. It's awesome. <laughs> well, we thought it would also be great to have Jessica join us this morning. For those of you who don't know Jessica, she is married to Pastor Nick. She is the better half. Yes. 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 <laughs> And you all know her from seeing her on the worship team. She's a great addition to our worship team. 
and uh, she grew up in a pastor's home, so we thought it'd be great to hear from her as well. So just tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your family background. Okay. Well, unlike the guys, I was not born in California. I was born in Michigan, and I lived about half my life in Michigan, and then we lived in Louisiana for like three years, and then we moved back to Michigan, and shortly thereafter, I moved out to California to go to Vanguard for college, and... Um, so at this time in my life, like right now, I've lived in Michigan and California about equal time. So I don't really know if I'm a Michigander or a Californian or somewhere in between. But um, so I grew up as the middle child of three girls in a pastor's home, and I am a fourth generation Assemblies of God preacher's kid. And that means my great grandparents and my grandparents and my parents and now us as well are all um, in the ministry full-time, and so that carried with it a lot of expectation of what life was going to be like. It was going to be about Jesus and about church and growing up, and so I had, um, we always did everything. We did church, we did sports, we did singing, we did, we did it all, and my parents made sure that there was time for us to do all of those things, so that was growing up. Okay, so being raised in a pastor's home, and uh, Nick was raised in a pastor's home, but the rest of us weren't raised in pastor's homes. What's the one thing you learned from your dad that's really helped shape your life? Priorities. Um, in a pastor's home, he was just saying, God first, family second, church third. And a lot of times I feel like people who aren't raised in a pastor's home feel like God and church are the same thing. And my dad was very clear to differentiate that our relationship with God is the first thing. And then our relationship with our family is the second thing. And then church as a ministry is the third thing on our priority list. And so um, anytime that anything came up, it was always uh, measured against that priority list. Is it God first, family second, and church third? And so... Um, Trusting God in what we're doing on a daily basis required that number one priority of God first versus um, versus church being your God. And so I um, just really appreciate that going forward into marrying this guy and being in full-time ministry together, like, um, that we also set that for our children as well. Like, God, your relationship with God is the first thing. Praying, reading your Bible, and living it day in and day out. And then your relationship with your family and spending time with them. And then um, coming to church and being part of what that is about. Awesome. I've heard you share a story about uh, something your parents did that I think is just brilliant parenting. And um, I want you to, to share that. But for those of you who don't know, Jessica was quite the gymnast. And her gymnastics coaches, at, when she was 13, wanted her to move out of state away from her family to start being trained for the Olympics. So you had quite a decision to make. So tell everyone how your parents helped you navigate that decision. Yeah, so I was... Um faced with this choice of moving out of my family's house and moving to Texas to live with my grandparents and train for the Olympics that were in Australia. And um, 
it was a giant decision. I mean, think about at 13, like leaving your family of origin, your, your people that are always around you. And my parents said, well, okay, well, Jessica, why, why don't you pray and fast about that for a week and then we'll talk about it. And at that point, I had not ever fasted for a week. And if you think about, I was a gymnast and I was an athlete and I was in lots of sports and at 13 to go without food for a whole week was a big sacrifice, but it was worth it because I needed to know for myself the direction that God wanted to take for my life. And so I did, I prayed and fasted for a week and you know, was on a liquid diet and, and at the end of that week I said, okay, what am, what am I supposed to do, God? And he just very clearly um, gave me this peace in my spirit that said, nope, you're just gonna stay with your family and you're gonna pursue college athletics. And um, I ended up going to Vanguard to play basketball and then tore my knee apart and then started singing and met this guy. So God had a plan all along, but, um, but my parents just really came back to me after that week and said, you know, what do you feel like God's saying? And I said, I just really feel like God's saying I'm supposed to, you know, pursue other sports and I'm supposed to retire from gymnastics. And um, that was that was crazy as, as far as making a, a giant life decision at 13. And let me ask you this. When you knew this is what I'm supposed to do, did you hear bells and whistles and God's voice echoing in heaven? Or how did you know it was God? It's kind of like the movie Aladdin where they, you know, have a big parade. and <laughs> No, just kidding. Uh, uh, no, it was just literally the peace of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it will give us peace that passes all understanding. And so um, in that moment, I just felt like, huh, that's the right thing. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then that time of feeling that way led me to know what does it feel like when God's speaking to me at other times in my life. So when I chose what college I was going to, it was, huh, this is right. And when I chose the man I'm going to marry, like, okay, this is right. And so just that peace and that calm that just surpasses any, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about the direction of your life or what, um, what you think you're going to do or what they think you should do. Um, but when you have that peace from the Holy Spirit and you can just rest and settle into that non-anxious, non-worrisome state of being, and you can just realize that that peace comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not from you. It's not from your flesh. It's not from the enemy. It's a peace that is just going to cover and walk with you in your life. And, of course, your parents were praying, too. And there were conversations about that. But I love that they did that because then you could never come back and, and uh, you know, blame them. Well, you kept me from going to the Olympics or anything like that. And in the process, they taught you to hear from God at a very young age. And that's awesome. That is great. Erin, let me ask you a question. You didn't come from a minister's home. Your parents got saved a few years before you were born. You come from a Jewish background. Um, so this journey of faith, your family took as a first generation. As you look back, for you to be in ministry, what do you think your dad did or your parents did that helped position you to hear God and to figure out what he wanted for your life? How did that, how did that all happen? I think um, it's important um, as, as parents, and what I really saw modeled from my parents was that they 
they walked out um, what they felt God was calling them to do. Um, and it wasn't necessarily something that was forced upon us. Yes, we were in church every second the door was open. I might have been uh, involved in sports or theater or music, something else. But as soon as that practice or rehearsal was over, we were booking it, eating in the car on the way to uh, get to church. And I wasn't missing, you know, Wednesday night or, or Sunday night or whatever it was. So because of that, um, you know, church was obviously an imperative part of my life, but I didn't want anything to do per se with ministry or music by the time I got probably into junior high. Um, I really just wanted to do sports, played uh, football and basketball, but I was always the littlest guy out there. I had the dreams of being the first um, Jewish point guard on the Lakers. And once those dreams failed, I decided, no. Um, I just, I felt like around my junior year of high school, um, I was at a youth camp and I felt that God was speaking to me in a moment of worship and telling me, this is what I want you to do with your life. And so from that moment forward, I, I pursued that with everything. And my parents just encouraged me along the way. Um, they could have easily said, here's what we do. We lead worship and we serve in our church and that's what you're gonna do whether you like it or not. And um, that, was, that was never the case. It, it was my decision to walk those things out. So that's one thing that, that really impacted me in that sense. And I love that you had that sense from God at a youth camp. And just, parents, just know that even on Wednesday nights, when it's inconvenient to get your kids to youth or to get them to youth camps, it is so worth it because God will speak to them in those times. Right, Pastor Corey? <laughs> uh, Nick, let me ask you another question. I'll come back to Corey in a second. Uh, in the middle of the stream, your dad had been a pastor. In the middle of the stream, he shifted into a different area of ministry, which is indeed a ministry. And I know it's been very successful, what he's done. Uh, what did you learn from that? Watching, I know you're young, but watching them walk that out and now see how God has blessed it. What did you learn about purpose and how has that affected you? Yeah, you know, I, I believe that no matter where you're at in life, whether you're behind a pulpit or whatever profession you may be in, that you can serve the Lord. And so um, just because my dad was nece not necessarily a pastor of a church anymore didn't mean that he wasn't serving the Lord, but he went to serve a need that existed and, and bless and help children that didn't have families and to help find them Christian homes to, to grow up in. And so... Um, in that, I would say as, as a child, I, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily always understand it. Um, I, I was young, and, and we had foster brothers and sisters in our house, and, and it was kind of strange at times to hear someone else call my dad, dad. And, but realizing that they didn't have a dad. And so realizing that there was such an importance to, to minister to people. So I would say whatever profession you're in, you're serving the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. And so it, it, just hear from God. If God's given you a peace, go for it. Now, let me, let me just, I don't need to probably a lot of conversation on this, but all four of you, did your parents ever push you to be in ministry? Okay, no. So it was never like, you're going to be this or you're going to be that. No. Okay. Okay, the reason I bring this up, I, I just want to say this to parents today. 
I was raised in an atmosphere where they told us all of our lives in church, well, the greatest calling is to be a minister. Let me tell you something. The greatest calling is to be who God created you to be. Don't push your kids to be something they're not. But then I want to flip that over. If your kids have a heart for God and they start talking like, man, I just feel like God's hand is on me. He wants me in ministry. Don't fight that. Don't fight that. Don't think, well, you'll never make a lot of money. They're going to have the most rewarding life ever if they follow God and be what God created them to be. So, you know, I've heard parents through your, well, you just don't make any money in that. Well, that's true, but that's besides the point, you know. There's so much more to life. So I want to encourage you, if your kids want to serve God and go into the ministry, help them get there, okay? Because they might turn out like one of these guys. It's not all bad. <laughs> you know, I just, I think it's awesome to hear the examples that they had and that helped shape their lives, examples of having worship in the home and, and uh, learning respect and prayer and, and faith and learning to hear from God. And, and you know, they have so, so many uh, stories of great examples they had. But, you know, I just feel like maybe there's some dads here today and maybe you've been beating yourself up and maybe you're thinking, you know, I didn't give my kids that kind of example. I just want you to know this morning, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And do not listen to the lies of the enemy or let him beat you up for one moment. I love Pastor Corey's story. Because no matter what the upbringing is, God will find a way to reach your kids. Okay? So don't give in to the enemy's lies for a moment. And just know that it's never too late to start giving them a godly example. God can do big things quickly if we'll let him work in our lives. Corey, I want to come back to you for a minute because your background is quite different. And you didn't share all the details. You shared enough to let people know, hey, there were some challenges there. It was probably a lot more difficult than what you shared. But let me ask you a question. As you look forward, you and Amber someday are going to have your own children. I mean, you're... You're really parenting, you know, 250 kids on Wednesday nights some nights, which uh, you can have that job. But uh, as you look ahead into the future, do you believe that looking over your shoulder at no, no relationship with God for generations, do you believe you can turn that with your children in the future? Yeah, and I think that that's something that God's called Amber and I to um, – to be is the ones who break these generational curses. We came from family, um, I didn't share it, but the reason my dad, I didn't hear back from my dad from seven till 21 was because he spent that entire time in prison. And once he got out of prison is when he added me on Facebook. So, I mean, his, uh, we, me and Amber both come from generation after generation after generation of substance abuse and divorce. And um, her, her mom and stepdad were getting a divorce right when Amber and I got engaged. Talk about a way to start out your marriage, right? But we were like, you know what? That's just not going to be us. We're going to be the ones that break the generational curse. And this year, we're celebrating 10 years of marriage. So it's already happened. But so much of that, um, Pastor, you spoke last week. Um, you spoke last week about this idea of not being a victim. And so much of it for me was to say, okay, I'm 15 years old. 
and I just accepted Jesus, and now I have a choice. Am I going to be a victim or am I going to be a victor? Because I can't be both at the same time. And so what I decided was, well, it doesn't matter what my dad did. It doesn't matter that my family, we grew, we grew up, we grew up poo. We couldn't afford the R. We, were just, we weren't poor, we were poo. Like, we, at times, we played, we played the candle game. You know, they can't wear it's like, hey, we're going medieval times, like, because we couldn't pay the electrical bill. Like, we were on welfare for a while. We were on WIC for a while. I could look over my shoulder and say, well, I don't come from the right family. My dad wasn't around, you know, and there's substance abuse, there's divorce, and so that's just what I'm going to be. Or I could say, well, Jesus bought me victory on the cross, so I can grab a hold of that because his word says that I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not even just a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror. And so at 15, I decided to start walking in that, and I just never looked back. You know, God can redeem anything we'll put in his hands. And the only thing that God can't touch and change are the things that we won't let him touch. And I, I just feel really strongly today what Corey is talking about. There's probably some people sitting here thinking, well, yeah, but you don't know what's behind me. No, but God has better plans in front of you. And you need to tie your heart to that and leave the rest of that behind and follow Jesus and make up your mind. We're going to break the curses that are behind us. That's great, Corey. Give Corey one more hand. All right, real quick, okay? Four responses, one from each of you, real quick. If you could say one thing to parents sitting out there right now, just one quick word of encouragement. Because since Aaron and, and Corey don't have kids yet, they can't give you words of advice, but they can give you words of encouragement. Aaron, take your dad's thing in mind, you know, spank that kid more. But uh, if all four of you, if you could just add one thing, if you could tell parents one thing from your perspective, what would it be? I would say, um, I mean, obviously the, the one thing about encouraging your children, but not forcing them to do certain things in the sense of, finding out what their giftings are and really encouraging them in those things. But um, just like something really small that stands out to me uh, growing up was just the time, I spent a lot of time with my dad. He would take me to play basketball or, or, or just go, you know, hit the baseball around at the park. And uh, a lot of that time was spent with him literally like just giving me Bible trivia. And it sounds, so, it sounds so kind of random, right? But that was something that impacted me um, in a way where it was like I, I was able to know these answers. And it wasn't like I'm going to quiz you so you have these answers all the time. And so we can like quote unquote indoctrinate you. But it was teaching me. So, you know, take me to the bathroom at a restaurant like, you know, when I was really little. And I'd be like, you know in the stall and he'd be like, okay, starts with and ends with, uh, starts with a G, ends with an H, and David uh, slew him with a rock, you know, and, and it was like this, this game that I, and I'd be like Goliath and people walk into the bathroom like, what's going on? What is this game they're playing? <laughs> but uh, I mean, honestly, that was just something, it's just, just taking the time to teach your children very creatively about God's word. And I think that's something that, uh, that is huge. And if you don't know the answers, that's okay. You don't have to have them. There's you know, you, you learn at the same time. Um, so, I don't know. That was just something, I yeah. think, just teaching them. Corey. Yeah, I would say, um, again, it takes more than blood to be a father. Um, for me, today, I'm, I'm going to spend time with my dad today in Brea. His name is Eric, and we're not blood-related. So, if you're a stepdad, 
man, like, you're dad too. And to me, you'll always hear me say biological father when I talk about my biological father. And so it takes more than blood to be a dad. It takes more than blood to be a parent. And for, uh, for me in, in my um, upbringing, I've seen, you know, the Bible says God's the father to the fatherless. And often we think that that looks like a very mystical, very spiritual sort of like dad relationship with God. And it is that sometimes. You know what else it is? Sometimes it's God seeing someone like me who didn't have a father figure in, in, in his life and, and my stepdad, you know, not raising me in church and stuff. And then he starts putting people like Pastor Gary in my life, Pastor Ann in my life. Where all of a sudden, this morning in first service, some people that we call, my, Amber and I call spiritual parents, Pastor Joe Rosales and his wife, Bea Rosales, were here. And they, God has put people in my life to be like a father figure, be spiritual parents and teach me what it looks like to be a good husband, what it looks like to be a good dad, because I didn't necessarily have that modeled for me. And so maybe, maybe you're a dad who, who coaches baseball or, or soccer or basketball, or maybe you're, um, we've got parents who are like, you're the carpool dad or even the carpool mom. Man, you might be the way in which God's gonna be the father to the fatherless in some people, in some students' lives that don't have dads. Cause I got 250 kids, how many you got? And I'll tell you, a lot of those kids, I'm not a dad. I could be a great big brother. I'll be an awesome big brother. But there's something different about the heart of a father and some of you might be the way in which God will be the father to the fatherless for the students here in this valley and in our church. Yeah. Nick, word of advice. Word of encouragement. Hang in there. <laughs> it will get better. No, seriously, I would say patience, love, unconditional love, and know that you are investing into their life. And so, you know, you may have a strong-willed, opinionated child. Maybe God wants them to be an incredible leader, and you're just helping shape and form them along the way. And so don't always just see the challenge, I guess, with your kid, but see how God has gifted them and how can you help create a path for them and to use that. That's what I'd say. Yes, sir. I would just say that um, your kids are going to like a lot of things in their life. And this week it might be baseball, and next week it might be dance, and the following week it might be something else. And so in all of the things that they're interested in, allow them to pursue those things within reason, within means, but, all, but don't squash it. Don't say, oh, well, you could never do that, or oh, you're not tall enough or good enough or smart enough or any of those things. Like, always allow your kids to pursue their passions because one day God's going to take all of those passions and form them together for a wonderful adult um, that's going to have all these different giftings that you've allowed to um, have the space to grow and, and be nurtured in their life. So you have 18 golden years with your kid from birth to 18 before they are technically an adult and could go off to college and all of those things. But treasure those golden years and allow um, God to nurture the gifts in them. That's great. I want to pray for all the dads today. I want to pray for moms too, just families, parents. 
I want to pray for you today. Maybe there's something you've heard or a few things you've heard today that kind of hit your heart and given you some encouragement or some direction. I want to pray for you today. Truth of the matter is when you bring children into this world or you take on the role of a parent, you become the servant for several years. That's just the truth of the matter. That's part of it. But I want to pray for you today, wherever you're at. And I just keep sensing in my heart today that God wants you to know he'll meet you right where you are. You don't have to come to a place for God to meet you. God will meet you right where you are and help you go forward from there. So let's bow our heads and I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for everyone who's here today. I thank you for the privilege of just opening our hearts and sharing for a few minutes things we've learned from our parents and things that you have taught us. Father, I pray for every dad specifically, but also for moms and for extended family members, even grandpas and grandmas, who are playing significant roles in children's lives, little kids or teenagers. Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us direction, that you would lay your hand upon us today and help us to know the way to go forward from here. Father, if we have regrets, let us just lay it at the cross, ask forgiveness and move on and just show us how to be the best person in other people's lives that we can possibly be. Give us encouragement today. Give us wisdom and direction. Let us learn from these other voices and help us walk away from here with the determination to be what you created us and called us and gifted us to be in Jesus' name. While heads are still bowed for one more minute, maybe you're here today and you've listened to this and you thought, you know, that's, that's all well and good, but I, I don't really know much about God. I'm not in a relationship with God. I've never opened my heart to God. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to do just that. It might be as you've sat here the last few minutes that something inside of you is just tugging at your heart. And you're realizing this is not about religion. It's about a relationship with God. It's about knowing God and having him direct your life and give you the wisdom and instruction you don't have on your own. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, how do I get God involved in my life, in my family, in my future, in eternity? How do I do that? It all begins with the prayer of admitting, God, I need your help. You see, God loves you so much, he put his own son on a cross open up the way to wipe away your sins and bring you into a relationship with him that allows you to be his son or his daughter. God extends forgiveness and grace and love to us, but by faith we have to receive it. So I want to lead you in a prayer, just simple words that will help you open your heart and say yes to God. I'm going to ask everybody in the building, if you would, please pray this prayer with me. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just repeat this and wrap your heart around it. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. I may not understand everything about the future, but I know I need you, and I want your help. So I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways. I want to follow you. I want to know you. I want you to be my father. And I want to be your child. Thank you for receiving me today. Amen. Amen. Now that, that prayer is so important. It's the most important prayer you can ever pray in life. 
but it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. So we've got a little tool, a little gift we want to give you today. Simple little booklet called The Next Seven Days with a little bit of information to read each day. I promise you it'll help you start growing and building a relationship with God. We want to give it to you. No strings attached. When we're finished here in just a couple of minutes, there'll be prayer teams at the front of the building. They're here to meet with anyone and pray about any need, but they have these booklets. If you just walk forward and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there. Even if you don't remember the name, they'll give it to you, no strings attached. If you've got questions, they can answer questions. If you want prayer for something else, they'll pray with you. Now, if you're in a really big rush, you can stop in the lobby just before you exit the building, right in the middle of the glass doors. There's a counter there with a sign. If you can stop by there and get the same booklet, if you're in a hurry and it's easier for you, do that. But please, let us give this to you today to help you get started walking with God. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? God bless you today. Pastor Nick. Hey, we are at a the time and service where we're going to give to the Lord. On the screen, they're going to show the different ways that, that you can give. You know, we've been talking about the things that we've learned from our fathers or our parents or, or those godly mentors in our lives. And, you know, there was times growing up where we couldn't afford the R, like Pastor Corey said, on poor. But my parents still gave to the Lord because they believed in a tithe. They believed that whatever they had, they needed to honor God with. And as things changed and progressed and they had more, they would give more. It doesn't matter how much it is, how much you make, but it's about the heart behind it. And it's about saying thank you to God for what he's done in your life. And so I want to encourage you as parents, you may think, well, my kids are too young to understand. No, they're not. You can show them. You can make it a priority in our family, like, hey, when mom and dad, when we get paid, that, that we give to the Lord because this is a priority to us, we, because we believe everything that God has given us belongs to him anyways. He's entrusted us with it. We're stewards. And so I want to encourage you, teach and train your kids on the importance of giving. Our ushers are going to come forward. And they have the containers in their hands. I want to encourage you to give, and I want to say thank you for giving. Thank you for, for making the sacrifice, and I pray that God blesses you for that. Let's watch Church News. Happy Father's Day, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Adrian, and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you feel right at home this morning and that you and your family have a wonderful time with us. There's always a lot happening at The Bridge, and we would love for you to be involved. So here's a look at a few things coming up in the days ahead. We hope that you'll find your place and be a part of what God is doing here at the bridge. All aboard Kids Day Camp is just a few weeks away from July 8th through the 11th. Each year, Kids Day Camp is made possible by the support and efforts of people like you. If you would like to serve this year, you can sign up by visiting our website and clicking on the tab that says Upcoming. You can also sign up to serve through the Bridge app. Even if you're a parent with young kids, childcare will be available just for you. With your help, we can make an eternal impact on kids' lives. Thanks for making Kids Day Camp an amazing experience. If you are new to the Bridge or still looking to find your place in the church, we invite you to come to Connecting Point. It's happening on Sunday morning, July 7th, during the 1130 service. Come and hear about the heart, 
mission, and vision of the Bridge Church, and most importantly, how you can be involved. If you'd like to join us, just sign up before you go today at the Info Center. You can also sign up on our website or through the Bridge app. We hope you'll join us and find your place at the Bridge. Water baptisms are happening later this month on Sunday, June 30th during both of our services. If you have recently made a decision to follow Christ or you've made the decision at some point in the past, we invite you to follow Christ in water baptism. If you'd like to participate in this significant day, please stop by the Info Center after this service to sign up. You can also sign up on our website or through the Bridge app. We want to share this special day with you as a church family. We hope you'll participate in water baptisms this month at the Bridge. Thank you so much for joining us on Father's Day. For all of our dads on your way out, we have a special treat. We have some dad root beer for you. And also, make sure you take a picture at your with your favorite hero and your superhero out there as well. All right, we got the Hulk out there and, and Iron Man and everybody else out there. So have fun. God bless. We'll see you next time.